Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 128 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, the Lone Ball Wanderer. How you going? <laughs> and it's me, Carrick, with ACG. What is happening? Yeah. It's like 1 800 hot loan. Should do a ASMR podcast. Mm. <laughs> I thought you were going for a more spooky vibe because as we record this, is, you know, it's Friday the 13th. But, uh... God, I, I'm so envious of you guys with Halloween. I mean, uh, no, it's not Halloween yet. Is it? Uh, I don't even no, fucking no. know. Oh, wow. I forgot. You got, do you, you don't celebrate We don't Halloween? do it here. What? I thought that was a no, worldwide thing. Holy crap. See? No, and, and I didn't even know when it was. So it's, that should be uh, indicated enough. See, this is See, why you get people around the world on your podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, we, it's just not big here, and everyone's fucking changing their Twitter name and shit. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I would love to be able to celebrate Halloween when I think it's on fucking October 13th. Why is it on the thir- 13th? Wouldn't that just make sense? Because I mean, Friday the 13th changes each. It would it, Next year it might not be Friday the 13th in October. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. My friends want to go to a hound. Which is why Thursday there. is always Thanksgiving. And not the date. Why sure they not. always just say the last Thursday because we we like to do that with our, our you know, weird. like our holidays. It for was some a Canadian reason. Thanksgiving, I think, like a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah. But so that means that your Halloween, you could have it like on a Wednesday night. We do whatever. all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. We have weekday Halloweens. A matter of fact, I'm pretty sure our Hall- true Halloween is on Wednesday. It is on what day? Uh, it is on. Yeah, on Tuesday. Yeah, right? that sucks. I remember when I was a kid. Fucking like, school night. Yeah, guys. I was gonna say it's a school night, and and, and you, the curfew is <laughs> way lower, so you gotta you gotta come in earlier. I remember that shit. That sucks. <laughs> oh well. All right, let's dive into uh, this week's batch of news. It starts off with some Bioware. Mike Laidlaw, who has been uh, with Bioware for about fourteen years, I believe it was, yeah. has left. <laughs> You know, he worked on Jade Empire, all of Dragon Age, who was creative director on Inquisition, I believe. Uh, he also worked on all the Mass Effect games. So this is another vet leaving Bioware, a person who has been there for a while. And now we're seeing, as the winds of change blow through this studio, uh, another longstanding employee is gone. Um, we saw a GM change. We saw, the I think, the lead writer for Inquisition left. Um, we're seeing a lot of changes here. So is this evident now of some really major changes within the studio? I think those changes have already happened, right? I mean, game wise. Yeah. But I mean, is it becoming to the, is it getting to the point where now these longstanding employees are deciding to leave of their own accord? Because, uh, Mike is another one who, when he left, he said, you know, I just want to, I think he said he just wanted to play games created by his peers and, and share his opinions with people on like Twitch and Twitter. So it seems like he just kind of wanted to back off and play some games, almost. Mm. At least my interpretation of the situation was that. What, what do you think, Carrie? I'm just really <laughs> fucking, de- really depressed about everything in gaming today. Um, it, it sucks. I, it, I, I wasn't a big fan of Inquisitions. A lot of what happened in that game, anyway. So it's not like I'm thinking that oh, because he's gone, it'll suck more. Yeah. But um, it does it does suck. The doctors, every leader, if you ever work at a place for a long period of time, and especially if it's good, super good or super bad, if it's average, you may not notice this. But what will happen is when that leader leaves the energy, it does change. And the, mm. the doctors left and, and people who had the same spiritual energy as them. And I say spiritual, you can say it whatever you want, emotional. But if you're tied in with them and they leave, things do change. It's just that's the way the world goes. And I think that we are seeing that 
some of those people stuck around for longer than others, but over time it becomes, I mean, I've worked at places where it becomes less fulfilling to work there, not because it's, you're doing bad work or anything, but because it's just less fulfilling. The people there aren't, they don't override the other things you want to do anymore. You don't go into work and say, I would rather be here. You look over there and go, you know what? Over there sounds good. And mm. I think that also as big as they are, little hinted words from some of these guys is basically, I'm really tired of working for a big organization. That's what I continually get from everybody leaving. Yeah. Like, and I want to just play games from my peers. That mm. is like, <laughs> I don't know. That's like, <laughs> to somebody. And it happens you know? all the time. Like, you see uh, long-standing developers and programmers and whatever it is, after a, a long history of working with big developers and big publishers, they just want to do their own thing. I mean, Cliff and, and, and that's not necessarily a strange thing. It, it, again, it's it's absolutely normal. It's the healthy cycle of things. You work in a big yeah, developer, cool. big studio for several years. You learn your craft. You, you get experience, and then you get your contacts, and then you can drop out and make your own game, make your own studio, work your own hours. I mean, it's, make lawbreakers. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my I'm god, sorry. ten, ten <laughs> concurrent players, ten. guys. Ten. ten. No, I just mean that, that even enough Cliffy, to fill up a match. Cliffy left. Uh, by the way, ten is actually less than the people who are playing like ancient modded games on Steam. It, it's ridiculous. It's it's sad. It's almost like an active dislike. Of playing it versus, and they just had a free know, weekend court. too, and they just had a free weekend. Yeah, <sighs> um, but you're right. Know. No, I, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to branch off the topic that much. But Cliff is the same way. Cliff Bizinski left Epic. You know, they, um, yeah, they yeah. leave. You know, they just creative people do that. Even non-creative people do. We've all done it, right? I mean, I think we've all we've, probably we've worked all at a place it. where you're yeah. like, <laughs> you know, you, you get to that time where you're like, all right, I just, I just need a break and need to leave. And but the thing is, is once someone like Michael Edlaw leaves. Like, I don't know if, if anyone here has worked in a in a big team and you've had like your your leader or just someone higher up leave that you gravitated towards and, and you you know, I guess you, you learnt a lot from. When that person leaves, it's kind of for you still in the company, it can be a little bit demoralizing. Oh, like, for uh, sure. you know, like what what do I do now? I'm kind of uh guideless in, in a sense. So I, I just couldn't imagine how the team is feeling at the moment with all of these departures because they're higher up people. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's like Kara kind of alluded to. It's like a part of the heart leaving the studio. I, yeah. I was just out of curiosity, not to spin this further off topic, but I was just curious on, you know, the top 100, you know, most played games by player count on Steam. Mm. And uh, some of the games here that are above Lawbreakers crack me up. Football <laughs> Manager 2015's got 3.8. 2015. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> 2015. Guys, three years ago, two years ago. Geometry Dash has more. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator X Steam Edition. Gold Rush the game does. Um, oh, I feel so bad. What else is there? I mean, these are games I just haven't heard of, but like Strove, Shadowverse, Robocraft. Um, I've never even heard of half up these more, games. There's more. Evil Within 2 only has 7,000 right now, and this is launch day. It's kind of low, in my opinion. Um yeah, and as we climb up there, we see more and more familiar ones like Stardew Valley, ESO, Witcher 3, uh, Skyrim, Smite, Cuphead, the ones that we'd really expect. And, and I think this is the, the kind of point, right? I mean, I mean, having, uh, like, when a big, big developer, an experienced developer leaves the <clears> studio to, to do their own thing, and presumably that's what Mike is doing, it's a huge risk, right? So he, he's he's considered that. he's probably He probably has a family... 
And to take that risk with all things considered, it's it's a big deal. And you, you've seen with Cliff Blazinski, like big name, worked on big titles, and he has a game that has 10 concurrent players at one time. Like it's, I couldn't imagine how just scared out of my boots that I would feel if I was Mike trying to do my own thing. But he must just have gotten to the stage where he thinks it's necessary for his personal health because it's, I know money makes the world go around, but at certain stages you just want to do what you love or just you know follow your heart. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, what we could be seeing here is a little bit of a mixture of what Carrick said with, you know, all right, he's tired of working for the big corporation. Who knows if he's even going to go off on his own, make his own indie studio he could just simply be saying, I just want to like for a month, you know, I I have enough money in the bank to for a month, just relax, chill, play some games, focus on my family, kind of disconnect it and move to a new place and, and revitalize, re-energize and hit the ground yeah. running like you used to. Uh, it's almost like a an athlete, you know, that, that change of scenery sometimes is what you need to bring things back again to re-energize you. So um, yeah. it's also what I think of when a lot of these, long-standing employees uh, leave big companies. It's just that with Bioware, we've seen a huge increase. And it's been, like I said, just each one was consecutively a long-standing employee where you got to wonder if, like, is there an agreement with that future vision, you know, seeing an anthem? Um, He's saying that Dragon Age 4, presumably, uh, he said because he said the universe that we've created together is in great hands right now. So uh, he's worked Mm. a lot on Dragon Age, so I'd imagine it's the fourth one. You know, he seems pretty confident that it's going to be all good. I don't feel that way. Inquisition sucked as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I got to give that game a second run, man. I, I really do. Just to just to see if, like, over the years, if I sat down and just played it, you know, maybe I'd like it more. But I think that'd just be me trying to convince myself almost. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what's going on in Bioware at the moment. Now we'll uh, shift over to Cuphead. A great, happy success story is going on with Cuphead. I uh, so just good. hit one million sales plus. That That's is insane. Great. That is great. That is insane. So good to hear, man. Because this game, my friend picked it up and he's been raving about it. You know, I'm like he was kind of giving me like almost a a live feed. He was just te- like he was text bombing my phone. So, like, he, he was, like, struggling. He's like, fuck this. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and he beat it. He's like, yes, I fucking beat it. This feels so good, man. Like, he was so hyped over it. So, it's one of those games I really want to get to personally. But one million sales, yeah. man. The, the amount of people that are messaging me saying, Lone, I, just, I can't get past this boss. So, I've died 400 mm. times or whatever. It's it's hilarious. And it's just, <laughs> it, it, I, 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 like, it's a thing when on Twitch, for instance, you watch people, you like to watch people struggle and then succeed. I don't, I don't know what it is about it. What kind of psychological? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just enjoyable to see people struggle and, and have that success point. And Cuphead provides that so well, mm-hmm. it seems. So I'm, I'm, I'm super glad that they're, they're doing well. Yeah, because it's that art style, man. It, it like oh, it's, it, it's so fun to watch on Twitch, probably because of that too. You know, you see the struggle and everything, but just that art style. We, we talked about this last week on how it nailed yeah. it. Didn't we say last week it was at like three hundred thousand, and that was just on. That was just on Steam, so Steam I'm assuming they're including both. Okay, so, um, it's, but go. like it, it's a perfect Twitch game. As sorry if I'm talking too much, but no, that game is a perfect Twitch game as well because. When people watch people streaming on Twitch and get frustrated with, over the bosses, they could watch someone play that game from start to finish 
and view every single piece of art. But I don't think it's one of those like, kind of really short story games where it's, you, you kind of have to experience it yourself. If, if you want to challenge yourself and see whether you can get past these bosses, it doesn't matter how many people you watch online do it. Even if you watch someone start to end finish it, you have to play it yourself to be able to experience it. And I think that's also adding to the sales as well. What's interesting about it is the game length because, you know, on Twitch it could be a really quick game if you're so, good at okay, it. Okay, what is it? Like, Carrick, how long did it take you? Because on how long do you, um, to beat, because that's usually the go-to for me, it says on average seven hours. But I have people telling me it's taken them 24 hours to finish this damn game. Yeah, it, well, it, the thing is, also, it took me about 11 or 12. But the weird thing, it, well, actually, even longer, that's just to get, it's just to get through it. And then you have the side stuff because you don't have to go to every single thing. But okay. also, also, I hate with a passion how long to beat. And I know both of you oh. guys use <laughs> I, I despise it with all my heart. I um, love it. Because it's, it's, I, I don't think it's ever been right in the history. It's usually lowball. Yeah. Uh, it's or or it's just, just so gives me a ballpark. Weird. That's all I need to know sometimes. But I mean, to me, I say the ballpark is over one hour less than a thousand. <laughs> and the reason why is everybody <laughs> plays on different difficulties. Everybody plays differently. Everybody has to stop for a pee at a different time. There, at some point, it just doesn't matter to me. Um, mm. Cuphead could be six hours, and I would still have said it was worth a buy. Yeah. So if, because of what it offered and how it did. Yeah. Uh, I see. So like, I guess one of your gripes with it is that if it says a game is six hours, someone might look at that and say, well, it only has six hours of content. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, I, I definitely don't use it for that purpose. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to buy this game. I just need to know when I can play and, it and how long it's going to finish. Exactly. And the fact that we've actually had some fairly big names talking about, well, you guys are aware that all that it requires to enter data there is to make an account. It doesn't connect. Yeah, it's like a Wikipedia page, yeah. So what I would rather do is go to the... Uh, there's various achievement pages you can go to, and you can see how long within save games something took um, versus just somebody saying they took this long because there's been times where you're like, person was lying. For example, Fallout 4, you could say 10,000 hours if you wanted what did you do? Well, I walked in a grid pattern across the way. You know, that's not fucking playing the game. So it just it, it just irks me a little bit because people do get so focused on that. Um, uh, but I think with I, I think with that game, depending on if it's simple, if it's uh, what, what was it called? Simple and then hard. How were the difficult? There was, it was simple or normal and then hard. Yeah, I think for, because I think because, yeah, I remember you saying I played normal so, and normal was like hard as shit. Yeah, normal. Well, not hard as shit, but normal was hard mode, and then hard yeah. was hard was like harder mode. But the thing about that is, it's also different if you have two people. It's harder. It's, it's, it's harder, isn't it? It's harder. <laughs> yeah. So there's there there's all these weird things that happen in a game like that, and um and that's why I think a hard like how long to beat is weird because like well, what if you died twenty times? What if somebody else died seven hundred times? Their game might be longer. Does it mean it's better? And, and when you play co-op, is it if if one person dies, you both die? No, you parry them, you high five them, and you wake them up, or you can. I I, I love games like that where it's just like, oh yeah, you want a friend? Well, we're gonna fucking make it harder for you. <laughs> Enjoy, well, it, bitch. It does because the great <laughs> thing about the great thing about Cuphead is uh, is things slightly change between your normal and your hard, and the slight is a is just enough to make you go, oh. Fuck. Like it goes from like, okay, I think I got it to, I don't know if I have it. And then if you put two people in that motherfucker is in your way and he's doing shit 
and shit's exploding from him. And you're like, okay, fucker, quit shooting so I can see where I'm going. Like, yeah, it, right. it, 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 and that's cool. It, it, and waking somebody up and, and just going over, it, something like that always interests me because it's like, do I risk going or do I just say, fuck you for a little while? Well, I stay in my corner like, and live. It's like, that sounds like a, a PUBG or a Fortnite. Your friend goes down. A little it's bit, like, yeah. do I run over and try to res yeah. them? Or do I just back up and, and, and let, them, let them die and, and I fight another day? You know, it's that type of stuff. It's, it's interesting because I remember seeing uh, Jackson or JV2017. He tweeted out that he's died over 200 times now in this game. And I, I, when I saw that, I was like, do I have the patience at this very moment to try to tackle a game? Dude. And, you die so many times in that game, Maddie. It has a fountain that has a rhyme. I think I told you guys this yeah. that tells you how many times you've died. And first time I walked up to it, it's like 24. And I was like, oh, okay. That's weird that the fountain's here just to do that, but whatever. And then later as you play, you're like, how many fucking times have I died? And you go back and it just keeps rising. You're like, once I saw 96, I was like, damn, man. And mm. that was on hard by myself. The moment another person jumped in, that number does have a tendency, especially if you've been playing a long time on your own, it actually has a tendency to rise even quicker because you'll get you. There's certain things you'll start wanting to do when you're by yourself. That, you, that isn't as easy when somebody else is there. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. It's wild. I'm glad that there are still um, gamers that embrace that challenge, though. We a lot of people were kind of afraid Me with too. Souls' popularity that you know some people are gonna run away from the challenge because I think as that series has gone on, less and less people have you know taken a dive in, despite it actually getting in many ways, I'd say easier. In my personal really? opinion, it's, it's, was Dark Souls three less popular than the previous? Yeah. I think it's. I don't know the numbers. I think I, I think it was. I yeah, think I think it was. It's you might want to check. Those. I remember watching a video. It was by uh, Downward Thrust, and he. Uh, I think he he broke down the sales, and um, because I think he was just talking about sequels, but yeah, I remember seeing the data, and it was like Souls three sold considerably less than two or one. Um, it's just I, yeah. it's that sequel fatigue, man. But on the other hand, it was also because some gamers like just didn't want the challenge. They already knew what they were getting. They said, mm, "I don't want that." Then you got Bloodborne. You, they you gotta make be a in the right frame of mind, right, to, to play a game that's going to kick your ass. I mean, yeah. sometimes, like me right now, I just want to play Stardew Valley and farm and fucking relax mm. after a hard day at work. I mean, you don't always want to get super jacked and like, yes, do it, <laughs> cup it. <laughs> I, I also think um, just looking at sales numbers, one of the things that's forgotten especially by people who are doing videos and stuff like that. It seems, it, it seems like it's almost 100% always forgotten is the fact that one game came out two years prior to the other. Yeah. And so it's had long tail sales, especially a Dark mm -hmm. Souls. So um, I don't know if that was taken into account. But well, it was a recent-ish video. When was Dark Souls 3? Was that yeah, March looking, last year? Um, you know I want to look at Steam. Here we go. Yeah. Prepare to Die version. Uh, 1.9 million. Dark Souls 2, 900,000. Dark Souls 2 Scholars of the First Sin, 256. That's a total of 3 million for those three. And not even including three. I, I thought, I sure thought that Dark Souls sold more than a million. Is that just Steam? I'm just looking at uh, a Eurogamer article. Give me a second. Because this is interesting. Uh, Dark Souls 2 has sold 2.3 million worldwide. Okay. Or Dark Souls 2. Or that was sorry. That was yeah. Dark Souls two, and then Dark Souls three. Reception. So the problem is, is that Dark Souls one on Steam. It, all right, so Dark Souls one on Steam has 
around 3 million owners. God, I could never get that game to work properly. Dark Souls 3 is the fastest selling video game published by Bandai Namco. Hmm. Most most successful day one launch. 3 million. Yeah, no, it sold more. What? So 3 3 has sold more. Yeah, Uh, it was interesting because on Steam, right, Dark Souls 1's 3 million, Dark Souls 2's 1.4 million. And then Dark Souls 3 is... And that's not to poke a hole in what Maddie's no, saying. Maddie's no, no, I mean, it's Maddie's just, I remember, correct. Yeah, I remember no, there's, all there's a drop. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know what it was. I, I mean, I haven't seen the video in over a couple months, but yeah. all I know is that as time went on, I thought the sales decreased, but... Um, uh, they they, they definitely the, did, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway. That's interesting. Cuphead, 1 million sales. Congrats to those developers. That is awesome. And now... Yeah. We were talking about the Switch a little bit, some Stardew Valley, and uh, Lone, what would you what would you think if I said that Injustice Two might end up on the Switch? Uh, Ed Boon, who's the creative director at NetherRealm, said, you know, yeah, we could put any game on any console so long as you know their sacrifices are made. Uh, He said, you know, we could put Injustice Two on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. He said, you know, but he was obviously being facetious there. So, you know, there could be that possibility. Would you want it? You know what I'd prefer? Like, like I'd say yes. Obviously, more support is always good. That's that's going to be my default answer. I think I'd prefer Mortal Kombat, mm. but that's a, like that. That's oh. always been my preference. Bring back more. I, I always nine. chop and change between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat in terms of my favorite long time fighting game. But mm. man, Mortal Kombat on the Switch, it'd be just a weird fit. Doing fatalities on a Nintendo console, like yeah. I, I know we used to do it back in the day with the snares, but it was never that gruesome as it is now, where you can fucking pull out someone's intestines. Like it just that game is <laughs> fucked, bro. Yeah, that's why I'm saying yeah. bring back nine. Nine was brutal in so many ways. Like uh, I forgot who it was who threw down like the buzzsaw hat and then like dragged oh, someone. Oh, couldn't allow. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and just split them in half. Like oh, stuff along those lines, shit, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's. I don't know about you. I'm I'm a way bigger fan of MK9 than 10. I, I was pretty disappointed with 10, and I I don't I wasn't a huge fan with Injustice 2 either personally. But that was just well, the, that was, was it because all all the changes that that 10 made, like new characters and shit. I here's the thing. How about this? Objectively speaking, I think Mortal Kombat 9, 10, and Injustice 2 are all awesome games. But it's when I go online that I just say fuck this because their communities are, are, are so annoying to fight against <laughs> or some people in the community are so annoying to fight against I made a video on this so long ago uh, with Injustice 1 it, it's that constant spamming the projectile shit it's just not fun to fight against um, and yes there are do, ways to avoid do you not avoid... experience that in like, like whenever I play Street Fighter online it's every other person either has Ken Ryu or Akuma that That's just why I love fight. I love Tekken Seven because everyone's using someone different. You got to get close to fight. There's no bullshit spamming. You got you got to know how to play the game. You can't just sit there and with like dead shot and just take out your sniper and just keep fucking pecking at my health from across the arena. Because um, yeah. that's how I view a fighting game. It's like okay, we have a great single player core here. Uh, but what gives me the likes after I dive deep into the single player is that online play. That's what keeps me coming back week in week out and when you know you got a, a kind of imbalance here i wouldn't say imbalance because it's not like i'm losing because of it but you got a really you got a community abusing the mechanics in game it just becomes boring to fight against people 
where mm. when you go into like a Tekken 7, you know, you're challenging yourself because you got to be kind of in the nitty gritty there fighting against someone. Uh, but that's that was my own personal personal spiel. I don't mean to get off yeah. track there. Injustice 2 on the Switch, I think, would be cool. But I agree entirely. I think to, you know, I think it'd be more of a, it wouldn't really do a big deal in sales. I think it'd be more of a statement for Nintendo if they kept getting these M-rated games. So I think, yeah, a Mortal Kombat would probably be the better route. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Kyra? I would rather have Injustice, but here's why. Not because I, I disagree. I actually agree with everything you guys said, but because um, the long tail for Injustice is so big with all of the different items you can get and the customization mm-hmm. and the fact that there are so many fucking characters in that game. And I'm somebody who's got almost all of them to, to 20. And as I've done so, I've just consistently been, wow, this is the one game I would play on the shitter. Like, because <laughs> I, 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 I am not a portable gamer too much and that is the one game i would sit in bed because i like the collecting system i think it's fairly fair in that game versus versus most games um i would like it for for the amount of depth that game has and being like okay you know i could you know i'm gonna play this character and just play him for a long time and get all these cool things i like the mortal kombat games a lot i love i love them but um there's something about them that over time i'm just like oh it's a these two yeah. dudes fighting again. Does these two guys two have a story campaign mode like Mortal Kombat does? A fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty good. Wow. Okay. That's really yeah. cool. Well, and, and, and you get to play as every character or like most characters. You get to play a good deal of characters, but the okay. cool thing about Injustice Two is they allow you to choose between two sometimes. So like you oh, dynamic cool. duo. Yeah. So you'll be running around as like Green Arrow and Canary, and then when you get ready to fight, it'll be who you'll be able to choose which one you want to fight. So you can go back and replay it. And there'll be different things said if That's you choose the other character, which I thought, which, which I was in Mortal Kombat, which is just like the Sub Zero chapter, yeah. mm-hmm. and you yeah. play that. Yeah, yeah, they certainly have no problem putting story in this. Um, I liked it a lot. Like, uh, but either one would be a, a boon. Yeah, I, I love for fighting sure. games that, that have that story. I mean, I, I know sometimes yeah. with the Mortal Kombat ones, they're cheesy, and it's just like, oh, I need you know, a story, man. Cu- yeah, cutscene fight, cutscene fight, but. I still love that. I mean, when I yeah. if I go into a uh, into a fighting game that just doesn't have a, a, a story part, I'm like, well, okay, I'm just going to fight, and that's great if that's what you want to do. But I've all, I've always loved story, and like for me, Mortal Kombat lore is so fascinating. I fucking love it. Well, so, you're talking to somebody who's a fan of. I still play the original Xbox. Um, uh, the the two. Um, let's see. It was Mortal Kombat five, five or six. The one where you create a character with the K. And you could actually, you could choose like hundreds of punches and you could create your own martial art. And then it also Deadly Alliance? Deadly Alliance. And then the the other one, Armageddon. Armageddon. Oh oh my God. I I still play those all the time. And uh, Armageddon Armageddon has the the quest mode where you ran around as like one of the major, like, or one of the, like the, the B characters, you know, doing jobs for people. And I play the shit out of that. That was, um, it was Shijinko. Mortal Kombat. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That, that yeah, is really I, I can't remember the name of the game now. It's going to come and to they me. And uh, they had a mini kart racer in one. They had a, a puzzle fighter. Uh, that's one of the things that I think is missing from these new Mortal Kombats, in fact, is other modes. Yeah. I, I was really a big fan of the goofy modes. It was like, here's your fighting, here's your story, but also, we've got a mini kart game. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Like, but, but it was fun. It was something different. 
And I, I, I actually wish they did that, and they don't in Injustice or in... That's, a, that's one thing that's missing from a lot of games in general, is just that, like, once the game's over... Like, what do you do? There, yeah, exactly. There's that feeling of, like, there's a serious mode, when usually, when you're sitting through the story and the gameplay... But once it's done with, it's like, all right, time to have some fun in, in a way. You know, it's like, obviously, if the game's good, you're having fun throughout the story. But I hope you guys get what I'm saying, where, like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could be a, a really cool change of pace if they said, let's put a, a cart mode in in a new Mortal Kombat game. Um, a, a recent example, I was actually talking about this before the show, so you guys might roll your eyes. But, you know, I've been, I beat Danganronpa V3 uh, this past week. And it's a, you know, it's a visual novel. It's got a bunch of mini games in it, though. And, um, yeah. you know, it's to, to spice it up so it's not just straight, just like X, 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 X as you flip through dialogue, despite how interesting it is. And at the end of it, once you beat it, you unlock, like, three different modes. One's an RPG mode, one's a dungeon crawling mode, and then one is kind of like a, a social link persona mode where you just hang out with the people in the game itself. And, you know, exactly. It's like it's a completely different game after you beat it. And so the the game's like 50 hours long and you could sink another 50 into these three new modes. And it's one of those things where once I beat it, I was like, fuck, that was good. But, you know, I'm almost like mentally tired. That was such a long story. There was so much to take on. But then you get revitalized because you see like these completely different takes on the game. Um, Because after that serious moment's over, it's like, all right, let's have some fun. So fuck it. I'll... I'll take yeah. I'll take some more time with these characters, uh, so I'd love to see more of that in games. It, that that's I mean, like new game plus content's a blast. That's right. Re- and the game that we were talking about with Shijinko Carrick was Mortal Kombat Deception. I just looked it up. Deception. Thank you. That. Oh my god! It was just such a. Looking so back on there's it, Deadly it Alliance, really yeah. Deception, and Armageddon, and yeah. I think it's Armageddon. Um, that all I, I'm pretty sure there was one that had created a character because I created Darkness from the movie Legend with Tom Cruise. Was that Armageddon? I think. And then one version had the adventure, and I think the other version had puzzle and the mini card. Maybe it had yeah. both those. I mean, I, but, I remember Armageddon because it was like the most unbalanced, crazy game. Because all, like, I remember them saying, we're just going to include everyone and fuck it. Yeah. And that's what they and did. And isn't that the one where you can switch? I believe that's one where you switch styles, too. Because one of those, you had two martial arts. You you clicked one your of them left had button. three from memory or, was... or three, and that to me was the best one. Like that kind of stuff to me, uh, I, I love. Imagine like imagine playing Batman where he played like he does in the current movies, and then you you can switch him and he plays like fucking some kind of old style Batman in the 1950s or something. That kind of stuff causes me to want to play it more. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Mortal Kombat Deception, it might be other games as well, but for example. Johnny Cage had Karate, Shinto Ryu, Shuren right. Ryu. Like, so, and, and I remember as you played, you could swap between those yep. styles. And you yep. saw their stances change as yeah, you did Yeah, it would that. be like... Uh, it, was <laughs> oh, no, it was beautiful was so because one, one of the characters, and I can't remember, I think it was Cabal... He he changed into a into a karate style that I actually practiced, and oh, seeing okay. him do the moves because I, I I've done a lot of uh, research into reading as to how they do it, and it's it's pretty much they have one mocap guy, and I think he's been there in the franchise for ages, and he's just a very skilled skilled martial artist, and he will just go through and learn learn these styles and then apply them to the game. It's, wow. It was fascinating how they did that. It, it was absolutely amazing. All right, so. Interesting enough, when I looked up Mortal Kombat Armageddon, it actually tells us a little bit about Deadly Alliance and Deception. So, Mm. uh, the gameplay retains many of the same... I'm talking about uh, Armageddon right here. The gameplay retains many of the same 
elements from previous Mortal Kombat titles, Deadly Alliance and Deception, including characters' multiple fighting styles. Instead of the pre-scripted fatalities of the previous games, players can now create their oh, own create fatality. create a combo! Yeah, right. from a series that. of yeah. gory attacks. They can also design a so custom fun. fighter using create a fighter mode with, you know, K instead. The game also includes the story-based conquest mode from Deception, now casting right. the player as the warrior Taven, who must defeat his evil brother Dagon. Oh, I remember uh, that. Succeeding yes. its predecessor Puzzle Combat is a new mini game called Motor Combat, a cartoonish driving game influenced by <laughs> Mario Kart. So, yeah, that should... Uh, uh Dude, you know Taven and Dagon. That was great. What surprised me in Injustice to talk about that for a second, uh, in two especially, is because um, they do a they do a very good job showing both sides of Injustice, the good guys and the bad guys. And I was talking on the other podcast, and we were saying that because of the way the cutscenes are done, you could have actually allowed a player to play the good guys or the bad guys with just a couple extra cutscenes and had two entire campaigns. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not allowed to. And I was I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity in this most recent injustice because the way they covered the bad guys, it was even more than in the original. In the original, it was more questioning because you didn't know what was going on. And in two, you do know a little bit more. And I was like, my God, the ability, if you could say, like, I want to try to defeat everybody, you know, as the Joker's forces or whatever, you could have still had half of the same cutscenes, added a couple and had another six hour you know, with with its own different cutscenes, but had another six hour plus a different ending kind of thing in Mortal Kombat. Right. And I'm actually quite surprised they didn't allow that. I, I'm a little bit depressed by it because I think yeah. that that would have been a good way to sort of. But again, single player. Most people don't play those games like you and I do, Lone. They're, usually people aren't playing it at all for single player. So uh, I remember, and I don't know if, if you guys remember this, there was an old Tekken game where you play as Devil Jin. Does anyone here remember that? I, I fucking can't I remember. remember the cover but, art vaguely for some reason. Yeah, it was, uh, and I might be getting those names wrong, but I, I've always loved fighting games that had that story mode. It could be cliche, it could be whatever, but I'm glad that it's NetherRealm Studios, isn't it? Um, that I'm glad that they have that with Injustice too. So if just for that reason, if it were to come to the Switch, tying this back to the original question, yeah, I'd love it and I'd probably play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Yeah, you got to almost thank uh, NetherRealm in many ways because they're who they're the people who yeah. kind of normalized story modes in fighting games when they started to fade out. Uh, we saw yeah. a lot of fighting games come out that just didn't bother. They just did an arcade Look mode with a little cutscene. Virtual Fighter, you had oh. like Doral, the and Virtual Fighter being my favorite fighter of all time mm-hmm. by such a large margin. It's not yeah. even close. And there's just no story. Which one was it, it, it's it like, that you liked the most? I started out with one. Like okay. I'm, I'm older. So one, and then I had remix on the Saturn. Then I had two, three. I've got them all. Four was good on the PS4 because you could pretend to go to other arcades, and it was more about like pretending mm-hmm. you were, and a lot of customizables, which I didn't expect. But um, for me, probably two or three were my favorite. Cool. It just it, there weren't a lot of characters, but there was no story. No, like it, they, they were terror. It's so like here's a robot. I think I had Here's a robot that fights like was you. Was it on on PS2? You said four was four. on the PS4. Yeah, no, P. Sorry, uh, PS2. You're oh, right. Okay. Four. I thought I thought you meant they like ported. I was like, oh shit, I gotta get that. No, dude. Do you know how many versions? Like, I think there's a PS. I think there's a Xbox three. There's Xbox 360 and PS3. There might even oh, be five. a PS4. I Xbox got yeah, re-released a bunch. They, it's just the same fucking. They add like two fighters, don't do anything else, and they're like, here's a new game. 
Yeah, it's like Dead or Alive. <laughs> they did the same thing with Dead or Alive Five. They just kept yeah. fucking pumping it out. More like, movies. Yeah, exactly. I was like, because I I bought into one of them because I missed Dead or Alive. I, that's one of my favorites, and because uh, oh, it's yeah. just so over the top. Like when you kick someone and they hit into the wall, it's like so just and smash crunching. through and fall like yeah. eight hundred. It's so yeah. dramatic because they're like ah. <laughs> I love it, man. But anyway, let's uh, shift over. Oh my fucking pen's dying. No timestamp pen nope we're good um ea has commented on the loot box concerns for battlefront 2 so their response to this overall was look yes you can get star cards you can get the victory poses and all that stuff from the star packs or star crates whatever the fuck they're called star cards right the star cards are the abilities and stuff you can unlock i don't know what the crates are called they might just be called crates yeah but anyway these crates apparently don't include the most powerful items in the game, and the only way you can unlock them is through challenges in-game. Does this make it easier, more justifiable that they're allowing you to purchase it with real money? Well, presumably, you can do those challenges in-game easier if you buy the loot boxes with the better guns. Good point. Right. I didn't even think of that. Very good point. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know, I, man. Well, I, I presume that that's the case. I mean... And I, no, I don't want to because the case is like this many headshots or this much damage done. This much damage done would be directly, in, in, in you know, connected to a gun. Yeah, there was yeah. Uh, one I got in the, and I don't know if this is would count as one of the cards that they're going to leap out of the crate. But for the assault class, I got the highest level card in one of the crates that uh, every time I got a kill, I gained X amount of health back, and I think it was like twenty, which the base health I think for an assault class is like one fifty. It's not but that you much. randomly got that one. Yes, randomly. The thing that oh. I always say, I do say with these star cards is if I get 20 of my health back, if you shoot me once, that's all gone. So if I'm close to dead and I kill someone and yeah. get 20 health and someone comes in and shoots me, I'm dead. Like, there, it's not well, changing anything. It's such the a example, small... The example that everyone gives that I've seen is the Boba Fett rocket barrage, which is like 50% damage reduction for the lowest <laughs> and then up, like, literally 100. 100% later, yeah. So, so like, explain that to me, Carrick. Is that, like, you're using a rocket as Boba Fett and it damages you as you use it, right? No, 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 no. It's, it's if you're flying around with it, you just don't take damage. Ah. So if you're doing your jetpack, you take 50%. If you upgrade it, 70. If you upgrade it, 90. And then I think you upgrade it four times, if I remember yeah. right. They're definitely going to nerf that thing. They got it. Well, and it's not the only skill like that. There's tons of skills that are basically, or, or skills, cards, sorry, that are, that are like that. I think the thing is, is it's unfortunate we're discussing it. I think that's yeah. the problem. Is Look, it, I, I wish it wasn't there because, I mean, the Titanic sunk despite the fact that the hole wasn't massive. It's like the moment you open mm. it, you're sort of opening yourself to what Lone just said. Well, if the challenges can be defeated easier by the weapons that you can get, then it's sort of like... You'll, you'll get those weapons faster, like the, the good weapons People faster by the challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That it's, it sucks. Yeah, like, whatever. I, I've seen enough videos and, and, and read enough articles on it that I like. this is a mode that I was never going to play. But I see people's concerns with it. Um, and, and this is why, again, like I, I keep mentioning this game. And I know some people still don't like the loot boxes in there. But when, when you have a game that only has cos- cosmetic loot boxes, it doesn't matter how much they cost or what exactly they're offering. 
there's never any risk that it affects in-game balance because there's literally no connection between a cosmetic and how well you perform objectively, right? So I, I see people's concerns with this system, but and, and I don't know whether the additional changes that DICE announced are going to, to do much from what I've seen. Again, because if you, if you want to get the really good weapons in the game that you can only get by challenges, but you spend a bunch of loot boxes bunch on loot boxes and that get really good weapons and you're able to do those challenges much faster and get those better weapons as a result it's you, you know what i mean you, you can still see that connection there yeah. so i don't know how much their uh, additional changes are going to sway things it's fucking horrible that we have to have a pr announcement that basically indicates what your fucking cloak is going to do that to me mm. shows that there's a huge problem in gaming because what the what a PR announcement should be is buy our fucking brand new game. We're gonna have a bunch of levels and a bunch of people to fight. But instead, people are releasing a bunch of damage control, saying, "Oh, well, we didn't explain this well." En- well, fuck you. If you didn't explain it well enough, and you're having difficulty explaining it, don't you think instead of resp- explaining it or changing something, you should look at it originally and go, "Fuck, man, maybe this actually isn't the best idea." If we're having to sit here and explain to gamers how a fucking shirt works, like there is a problem. When, when you have people who are that confused by all of your... I mean, we're calling them the wrong name, I think, half the time anyway. It's like, mm. in one game, it's cards. In the other game, it's boxes. And in the same game, it's boxes and cards. It's like, fuck, man. I mean, at some point, we have to step back and be like, where stop the madness! Yeah. It's just I, so much, man. It's just, it infuriates me. Sorry. Can I ask you this? Um, so... We recently said that last week WWE wasn't going to have any loot boxes or paid whatever, right? But it seems that they op- the option that they've opted with, and I don't know if you've seen this, but they actually have sponsored achievements. So they have like an achievement where, I don't know if this is the exact phrase, but it's, you've won the Mars Bar Championship. You've won, and you, there's like literally KFC's Colonel in the game as a playable character. Because WWE has That's gone handball. That sounds... So, I, and, and I guess that's the question that I'm asking. If a game wasn't going to have loot boxes, would that be something that you prefer, having sponsored achievements in-game, like trying to be as seamless as possible, but you're playing as the the colonel? But regardless, if would that I'm, be preferable? I mean, I still play my Mountain Dew Xbox I, bought, I got, which is a green okay. Xbox for Mountain Dew. So, yeah. I mean, and to me, I hate movies that pretend it's Pepsi, but it's not. They're like, Epsi! The brand new Pep, and you're like, wait, why didn't you just fucking put Pepsi? We, all, it makes no sense. So to me, I would rather if they want to do it, if they have to, like if they have to, yeah. um, which to me, if they're putting sponsored achievements in, it means they have to. That's a question for finances, is is and why this giant company can't make enough money to make a game. But um, I would rather have that. Yeah, I would, I would because that doesn't offset it on the player. That doesn't put any emphasis on the player knowing that he needs to buy 100 green fucking cards before he gets a special well, you do it's have people, just mars bar yeah but you do have people that hate having advertisements on the dashboard of a console so like i guess what i'm saying is that people are also going to be upset about that and i'm presuming Correct. that yeah. people are yeah, yeah. people just, will be yeah. upset about every i mean i know people Everything. who are upset they're awake so it's like well <laughs> I mean, at some point, what do you, what do you fuck? Like, <laughs> what, what do you do? fuck am I like? Yeah. Right. Well, well, all three of us, if we all sat in a room, and I totally believe this, if we all sat in a room, closed the door and said, okay, what's acceptable with microtransactions, we would not fully agree. And I think that that's full, I think that's right in the way the world should work. Because it not, you don't all have to agree on the exact same thing. If Lone says cosmetics are acceptable and, and Maddie's like, no, it just, 
needs to all stop, whatever. We wouldn't all agree. So I'm perfectly fine with people hating that. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can hate it and still play it and not have to spend money to hate it. You don't have to spend extra money to dislike the Mars bar fucking achievement. But when you have to spend money to make sure your beard matches your fucking hair, that's mm. a problem to me. Yeah. And so I, turn off achievements. <laughs> like if you hate seeing Mars bar, turn the fuckers off. I, yeah, it doesn't seem like a big deal. I think it's, <clears throat> I think if anything, I, okay, here's, here's what's happening is as time goes on and we search for these solutions with microtransactions, we're, we're seeing it almost inevitably turn into what is called the necessary evil. I, I, I think there are ways around it where you don't have to include them at all. But, you know, because people are looking for like compromises saying, okay, look, we get, you want to keep it in there. What's a different way we can do it? We're going to see stuff like that, like a, a sponsored achievement. And then there'll be something wrong with that uh, where, where someone won't be able to get a platinum trophy because of a, a timed sponsored achievement or some bullshit. I don't know. Um, and I ask you a que- when you're done, Maddie, I want to ask you a question about. Yeah. I, I was just saying that honestly, if I were to pick one, yeah, I'll take a sponsored achievement. Um, but on, on the other side of things, like the cosmetics are the only thing that I don't know why, like if you own a license such as Star Wars, that cosmetic wasn't the first thing you thought of for loot boxes. I yeah, mean, you made the that idea point of, time, yeah. of really decking out a clone trooper with armor that we've seen in various eras or really any type of faction within the Star Wars universe, any hero. I think that would be awesome in a way. I, I mean, and... in in the last movie, like the reason why that female stormtrooper everyone fucking loved is because how she looked. Yeah, she looked fucking awesome. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Fast yeah, yeah. What? Dope. What? And you guys aren't talking about the fucking stupid looking chrome one that looked like somebody's oh, fucking she tires sick on a lowrider, dude. Man, Are you kidding me? Like the red <laughs> no, I ended up laughing through the entire movie. Oh, that dude, that chick, she looked like somebody's lowrider fucking chrome. But that's or that's chrome the point. I love me hilarious. some lowriders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, well, um, gotcha. No, no, Regardless, but like, that's the point. The that cosmetics, yeah. you know, let's say, okay, yeah. let's just take that as an example. I know she's her yeah. own type of character. Let's say that chrome overlay, we could put that on a stormtrooper. You know, sure. as a, a cosmetic option, then the conversation goes to, OK, whatever. We got cosmetics and loot boxes. If they go the Overwatch route where you can unlock it by playing the game eventually or you can buy it, then people are going to say, why do I have to buy this? Why can't it be like when I was a kid where I could just unlock shit by playing the game? And that's why I brought up in the video I uploaded today. I was like, I, I was playing Tekken 7 and, you know, there's no microtransactions. The whole customization menu is innocence you know you can put wacky hairdos and and crazy clothes on any character in the roster and it's all in-game currency and it's all very easy to earn the game overkills you with money it's almost too easy and so it's just this never-ending circle but what was your question for me carrick i was gonna ask you um so like and and see if you agree the reason why i'm okay with wwe having sponsorships is because wwe had Tyson, Trump, different people coming in. They've they've sold stuff at, at all times that they've been merchandise heavy anyway. And additionally, if I had a problem in WWE, I would say that I couldn't allow any rally car to have a fucking oil producer sticker on the side because yeah. that's real. And so to me, I think you have to also look at the subject matter. So yeah. for WWE, the subject matter of Colonel Sanders running around cracks me the fuck up. They had Doink yeah. the Clown. So, of yeah. course, that's going to be okay. But how about this? Let's say we're playing S- Star Wars and there's a fucking Mountain Dew skin for your gun. Exactly. Then that's, then, that's when it gets ridiculous. Yeah, then then because I know we both agree on that. But I was like, then I think we would both agree that that's not. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's got to like, oh. find that happy medium. 
yeah, right. uh, of right. ridiculousness and, and mm. not. You got to know the, the, the subject. You got to know what property you're working with. So, yeah, absolutely. Seeing, you know, we see so many wacky WWE stars enter a, in these crazy yeah, outfits, right. and we've created most of them in the, in the create a wrestler mode. So mm. it's not too foreign to see some random sponsored character enter. And in fact, it'd probably be fun to play as them. That's a oh, fun dude. sponsorship. That's that make me go buy KFC, you know? All right, well, let's go. I want to give another example. I mean, take a look at FIFA. When you play FIFA and you have actual sponsorships in every stadium, like, you know, those banners that, that run across, right. I mean, to be honest, that's actually adding to the realism of a FIFA game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, when, right. whenever you watch a FIFA match on, on TV, you will see those sponsorships pop up all the time, right? Which is so what that's I was talking probably, about with Pepsi. Yeah, so that's probably another example where it fits. I, I, I think that's where the discussion goes for me is is accepting that and i don't have numbers to back this up but just from what i've viewed the 60 dollar pay and that's it model for video games it's it's not viable anymore it doesn't seem it's viable for most studios and and whether and, and maybe it's not it, unless it's we're selling more than 60 dollars we're not going to be able to make the game we're making a loss i think it's more we have a certain margin of profit to make on each game and $60 on its own at launch is not enough to justify that margin. And then people might complain about, well, your margins are too high or whatever. But I guess that's the discussion. If $60 is not enough and publishers and developers need different ways to, to make money. I know, Carrick, that you mentioned that just have DLC, paid DLC. I, I thought about that over the week and I thought, well, obviously the, the counter to that is that Having just like a DLC, adding a new area to to a game three months after launch, the return on investment is probably much lower than having microtransactions and loot boxes. So a publisher is thinking about that and thinking, well, if I can easily make much more money in in the first month of launch by selling these loot boxes, then I'm going to do that to hit my return on investment, to hit my margin, to make my stakeholders happy. I guess there's going to be no solution here where everyone's happy. Every publisher, every developer is going to think of their own ways to be able to ensure that their games are hitting their targets. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned margin because I don't think we've ever talked about that, and that is actually far more true than, you know, Activision running out of cash if they sell $60 games. Of course they're not. But margin does make sense because especially stockholders will be like, listen, bitch, we don't care what you do. You can destroy other continents, but you better make this amount of money. Yeah, yeah. It, that's just the way it is. Or we will sell your shit and you will be gone. Like mm-hmm. that money and it might not even be in the industry anymore because those people might not be, you know, connected to the industry other than Activision stocks. So, yeah, yeah I agree. I'm glad you mentioned margin. We should probably talk in that kind of um, language. Well, and and then on. you have Ubisoft where they're literally trying to fight over a hostile takeover. <laughs> and the yes. only way to prevent that is by keeping right. their stakeholders happy. Now, I can't think of examples where... Ubisoft is saying, all right, we're going to introduce microtransactions to keep you happy. But it's it's the whole premise of a lot of these decisions are being made to hit these margins, to make their stakeholders happy, to make up a manage- management happy. And I'm not saying that that's, that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's that literally is the reality of the world that we're living in when video games as an industry is a business. Yeah. And it's it's literally, as Maddie said, maybe like it's I think it's more of a it's the lesser of two evil situation. It's accepting that, look, if we're going to have microtransactions, what would I be least upset with? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because what we're seeing here is a trade-off. So, yeah, like you said, the $60 is clearly not enough. We see Battlefront 2 is now the third most expensive video game. And we can look at, I think, GTA 5 is the most or one of the most as well. And both those games have lots of microtransactions. So what happens, though, in turn, is you get 
months and months of support, years worth of support when you look at GTA yeah. 5. So is that a trade-off? All right, you know, if you have that consumer control, I'm not going to buy this stuff. I'm just going to play the game. You know, are, do you think that's worth it where, you know, there is someone out there buying it regardless that mm. you're getting that those month-in, month-out content updates to keep the game refreshing, interesting? Yeah. Yeah, you because know, I'll be I'll be the first to admit, uh, as much as I complain about microtransactions, and I haven't done this since it's been so long, but uh, it's probably been since the uh, the Chinese New Year event for Overwatch. But like, I, I used to drop money each time there was a, an update for Overwatch because I was happy. I was like, all right, like I love the events coming in. I, I love the new gameplay, the new maps um, that they're adding. So I'm gonna put some money their way because I, I like what they're doing. Um, mm. So you know. It, it whatever i don't know man it, it, like you said it's it just ends in what am i going to be least upset about really and, and you you mentioned like oh back as a kid i used to do this and that i mean i remember that i would play street fighter and all all you would need to do to unlock different skins for your characters was insert a code in the title menu and then you could play as, as like a blue ken or or an orange ryu or whatever it was i mean i remember those days too um games are cheaper but back I, then game games well actually no for for australians games have gotten cheaper over oh, wow. time yeah so we right. used to pay 100 wow. like literally every single game that came out for the most part whereas 110 australian at launch wow. and then they've dropped to about 90 in retail and to be honest i see some games on steam like at 75 70 australian whatever at launch so for us games have actually gotten cheaper but i think that's more of a fact that Publishers have expanded into Australia. Cost of distribution have gotten cheaper. Thereby, mm. thereby the you know the cost of, of games have gotten cheaper as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just the the way the industry is going. And I know every time we have a discussion about microtransactions, people be like, "Well, what about Witcher? I mean, CD Projekt Red, you know, gives free updates and stuff." But not everyone is bankrolled by GOG like a CG, CD Projekt Red. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that as well. They're making so much money. I don't know how much money. But off of good old games, I know CG Product Red's making a good amount, good amount, yeah. sorry, off of that service. So, you better. I hope Bethesda, for example. I mean, they got lots of money in the bank from so many games that they've sold, and and now they got a microtransaction service. You got to hope that they're going to be considering some type of free DLC route too, because it's not looking good. Again, it's it's the lesser of two evil by whatever you think is the the option that's not going to piss you off the most. Yeah. And I, again, this is, this is I, I know I listen to people like Jim Sterling that say, I just don't like microtransactions. And if I pay $60, I don't even want to see them or smell them in my game. And he, he doesn't even like Overwatch's cosmetic thing. But then you listen to John Bain, Total Biscuit, and he doesn't mind cosmetics. Like just opinions will differ. Not everyone's the same. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, it hard to, to really, sh- to reach interest. that solution. Yeah. Anyway, Let's uh, discuss The Evil Within 2 now. Carrick, you and I reviewed it. Lone, have you had a chance to play any of it, or are you planning on playing it? <laughs> no. no. Come on, guys. I mean, Shadow of War and Evil Within 2? Neither Too many games to play. Too you many playing? games to play. Are you planning on playing either? I I'm think I'm going to play Shadow of War first. Oh, all right. I know, I know, but... Well, Carrick and I both reviewed uh, The Evil Within 2 this week. I... I... I'm almost 100% sure both of us. I know I gave it this rating, but Carrick, I think you also said wait for a sale. Yeah. Okay. What kind of wait for a sale were you thinking? Because for me, I said around the $30 price range. 
Uh, I usually don't do a price range because oh, okay. people are so different. I usually say the ceiling, which is their manufactured or their suggested price. That's the buy. You're like, mm. okay, that's the buy. And then from that point on, I, that's why I have a deep, deep sale too, because like that's when you get to 40 or 50% off kind of stuff. Okay. But, um, I, I, I mean, the, the problem with evil within two is that there is, it's a hodgepodge and it's not necessarily a bad one. But there are so many idiosyncrasies in that title that one thing may, and, and this is normal for most games, one thing may bother somebody, one thing may not. But the problem with that game is they're so intertwined that if something over here can bother you, it may fucking bother you throughout the entire game. And it's something, you can't really ignore it. And um, so for me, I, I did say it was almost a wait for a deep, deep sale as well because there were some other issues, including some technical problems, the FOV's tight, especially on PC. Luckily, you can make it bigger, but on the consoles, it's not. Um, there were some issues there, but it, it's a good. It's it's fun. It's just mm -hmm. not the greatest game in the world, you know. And it's it's entering a time where I'm sorry, like you got to bring your fucking A game right now. Yeah, and exactly. um, too many other it, games. It, yeah, and um, I'm really happy if people enjoy it, but unfortunately. A lot of people were attacking me this morning. They were like, oh, it's definitely a buy. And then I've already had like nine people say, okay, I called you a fucker five hours ago, but I just <laughs> refunded it. And, um, yeah, and other, people liked it. Yep. other people liked it, which is great too. But what I'm saying is that it's obvious that it's not just like a random couple people find some issues with it. Did you think this game was survival horror at all? Because I, I really didn't. And no, I thought I saw it was IGN's review, and it's like the ideal survival horror or something like that as their as their final caption for it. And I was like, dude, what game were you fucking playing? There was no gameplay tension in Evil Within Two. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, on classic there would be, which yeah, so absolutely. when you beat the game, you can do the classic, which has no save auto saves and stuff. That one, I think you could, but you can't even play that until you beat it. And Nightmare Mode is the old game's version of normal. So that isn't... And you can craft stuff. One guy got on me because he's like, sure, you can craft stuff in the middle of a battle, but it costs you more. And I'm like, but dying costs you more. What are you mm -hmm. fucking talking about? Like, yeah, if you're mm -hmm. in... if The difference between dying and not dying is creating some stuff. It, the, the fact is, is I'm able to create bullets while fighting the boss. And... It's survival horror. That, to me... Genre doesn't it doesn't feel it Wait, felt hold odd. you can craft on the go you don't have yeah, to go you get to a, a you, station yeah, your your temporary crafting i don't know what it's even called it's up top it's top left wheel field crafting choice. field crafting yeah. yeah you you bring up so like, like, a little weapon wheel and then on the top left you can click the crafting menu and you can take like the gunpowder you find and other shit like pipes and um i think fuses. you can do if i remember right you can do ammo mostly yeah, but that's what you need, right? I but mean, that's, like, that's like the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah ammo that's is the key. the key in survival horror, and and you can get it so easily. That's the I mean, thing. I, is, I would is think you got these big hub levels. I guess is what yeah. you really call them, where there's so many. It's awesome in a way because there's so many buildings to go into. There's yeah. side quests. It's rewarding to explore, but all of a sudden I got like thirty bullets in my pocket, and I'm stealth taking down like all these different lost or yep. the lost. Sorry. Yeah. And, and so I just enter a boss fight with so much ammo and I drop it without any pressure. Not it's, only that, it's, it's so easy. But stealth, if you get um, corner attack, 
and if you get um, yes. move move silently,ler move more silently, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, if you get those and and you and you level those up more than most everything else, it's going to come to a point to where nightmare mode was just like Neh, because I, I was killing everybody from the side, and and you can call them over to you using the bottles. So it's, and then you can stun them with the bottles. So it's like. You could stun them with a bottle, go around a corner, wait till they're unstunned, then leap out from the hidden spot in the corner, even though they saw you go into the corner and kill them. And yeah. just, it was so weird. Yeah, yeah, and that's on Nightmare. Break. Yeah, and um, here's the thing I was telling a lot of people. This is one of the major reasons I hate quick looks. Because many of the people this morning were like, man, an hour into this, I love it. Man, chapter three, I'm loving this. And then I was getting a lot of, I'm on chapter five, and I'm not liking this near as much. And that's exactly how the game felt to me. The first couple hours, I was like, wow. Like the open world, just like Maddie said, mm -hmm. there's new places to go. Everything was sort of fitting. And you saw Oddity in the AI. You were like, eh, you know, we're starting out, right? Yeah, that, that shit happens. But then about the fifth or sixth act in, and especially later when you meet a particular character and you're out sort of in the woods, it becomes a shooter, I guess. The last it of just us, almost... Yeah, it was it was very it was it was certainly odd, um, but I'm I'm super stoked if people like it. Uh, it's not a t it's not a bad game. It, it was just... one of those uh, those games with with how much ammo it was giving me. I know that on the even lower difficulty, it gave you more. And for the first time ever, I thought to myself, it feels like with the way this game's supposed to be played, I want to almost switch it to the lowest difficulty and play it how they're aiming for. Because it didn't oh. feel like they were going for the survival horror. It's almost like they wanted to load you up and have you shoot everything. So I thought to myself, why not go gung-ho, go on the low? I never did this, but go on the lowest difficulty and really pack some bullets where I have, like, 40 of everything and then mm. just go insane and see if, like, that becomes the more intense experience. Because, I mean, if you get surrounded, enemies can take you down easily. But it's mm -hmm. usually pretty pretty easy to avoid. But if The one thing I didn't like, and them, I don't know if, if you had an issue, I hated that you really couldn't, and I tried this a billion times, you really couldn't dodge. Like, yeah, truly dodge. You skill, could interrupt. There was a but, skill. Did you see that? That Yeah, uh, auto-dodge. Yeah, I was like, what <laughs> is this? It's I like, didn't buy it. You got it. I did, because I was like, let me see how this works. And it's like, you get a 30% yeah, chance to dodge. And so, when someone swings at you, you just duck and go under no! it. No! And, and it looks really Automatically? smooth. Yeah, and it looks really smooth, but you don't know when it's going to happen. So... It, like you'd be fighting a boss and he, he'd definitely for sure be about to hit you and you go please work please work and it wouldn't work and it, and then you go well can you I, get it to a hundred percent no you can get it to 60 is the highest i think See, you can get an auto dodge to 60 percent though mm -hmm. because if you can get the auto dodge to 60 and then you have the corner attack and dude yeah. uh, you auto break auto breaks the other one where the auto wine bottle across the head because obviously oh, yeah, ghosts get concussions which i just thought was hilarious yeah. that you just smash a ghost over the head and it's like i've got a concussion here <laughs> from what fucking brain but it, it that doesn't matter um I, I did i was not aware it was that powerful i knew it was powerful but i i steered clear of it because at nightmare i was like man this is not very hard and I was a little nervous it was going to be super easy if everything autos for you. Even 60%. I dude, that's a it. lot. Yeah, I didn't get it to 60. I only got it to 30, which 30? was the first upgrade. Um, and in fact, it only I only used it twice, I'd say, is when it occurred. But I, I put it this way. Some people might be like, 60? Oh, there's a 40% chance it doesn't happen. There was an upgrade I got for my pistol. I think it was the same percentage. 60% uh, chance or 50 
that I get a crit shot. So that means one of my every two shots are blowing someone's head up, and I'm one-shotting them, saving tons of I ammo. Get those. And so, <laughs> you know, I think to myself that, all right, so for every two swings, one of them's not hitting me. It, it, it break, the game breaks itself over time. It becomes I also incredibly think- easy. And they're getting a lot of hassle for this, and I think rightly so. I think they really screwed up their difficulties for a couple reasons. The soft language that they used for their difficulties was really weird. If you read, like, survival, it's like, do you like to do this? Did you play this? Well, then you can do this. But sometimes it won't work, but maybe Mm -hmm. it will. And you're like, what the fuck type of description is that? (laughs) And then you read Nightmare, and it's the same way. It's like, do you like to do this? Well, then this, and you'll probably have to do this. And you're like, okay. That sort of makes sense, but not when you add in skills, because some of the direct things they're talking about in their in their difficulty explanations can be augmented or offset via skills that are automatic like that. And to me, I feel that they made and they said this, they said, we're going to switch the difficulty around from evil within one, blah, blah, blah. I think what they did was they made a mistake also with the auto aim, because if you can go and do. If you have auto-aim on Survivor, I don't think you can have auto... Yeah, because I wasn't able to play uh, auto-aim until the second play because of the hardcore. So mm-hmm. you, you can't have it then. But when you do have it, if you have auto-aim, plus you have your crit, plus you have um, you know, one of the other autos, even if you remove one of those, you're still not getting hit 60% of the time or criticaling somebody 60% of the time. And... It, what happens is it just removes the danger from the game. Like it exactly. just, you, you're like, oh, and then that add in leaping from behind boxes to stab people. Then you add in smashing people automatically without having to even have, uh, with, uh, without having to do any of the special moves. And the game just felt, it just starts to feel really odd. And um, also the shooting range. Yeah, like, what? Dude, I aced the shooting range and it just threw me items. It's like, yeah, going that to was the most surprising shoot. part. Gave me a hundred, it gave me like 200 weapon parts. I'm like, I'm going to go upgrade my pistol now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got think an that, easy 50,000 points or something like that. I'd like just, to see them redo their difficulty. Yeah. It, okay. From, from what you guys are saying, this seems like, and this is from what I heard from Bethesda as well. When they explained the demo to me, this all seems like very intentional. Like it, it, it is. It genuinely, yeah. So like, they're not trying, and I don't know what the vibe that I got from their marketing and advertising as to whether they were trying to push this as a survival horror. But from what I, the sense I got from them is that they're trying to make this more casual, if you want to use that term. But just opening the the audience for this for this game because the last game, maybe it was like. I, I don't I don't know how successful survival horror survival horror games are, but in my, from my view, they're typically not the most best selling games. Like mm-hmm. I know Resident Evil Seven did pretty well this year. Alan Wake but, didn't unless, sell the greatest. Unless you're Capcom, then it did horrible. And there's the yeah. End. So unless you're Capcom, it Fucking does horrible. Cap. So <laughs> like with that in mind, does that justify it? Does that make nope. it better? Nope. No. Okay. No. There's. I, mean, I think there's actual technical problems in the game. When it okay. comes to the balancing. Yeah, right. the balancing. That's the thing, is that I'm all for people coming in and, and trying out survival horror for the sure. first time, but this isn't survival horror. You're, you're playing an action-adventure game. You're not getting a taste of survival horror. I think it was an okay idea to maybe, at, you know, like they did at the beginning of the game, was, you know, you pick your difficulty and they say, do you want auto-aim? So let's say I am a first-timer. Sure, let's try it out. I, I don't know what I'm really in for. Maybe, if anything. 
Um, but it's just like Eric said, it, it, it's technically flawed. Th- those skills are so broken over time that by the end of the game, that final boss, Your powerhouse. I, I will not say you know who it was or what it was, but it, it was just <laughs> fucking easy. Like yeah. I did not panic at all. And and what's the real the real problem here too is we have a direct comparison at the beginning of the year with Resident Evil Seven. There is a pinnacle, in my opinion, survival horror title sitting right there that I'm looking at. Yeah. And and not directly comparing to like okay, is this you know doing the same thing as Resident Evil because they're two different series, but they're in the same genre. They have to have some of the same elements at the very least. And you know you can see that. As time went on with the game, they were trying to be so many different things, but not. Can, can I ask as well? Did the second game have a lot of one-hit bosses, like one one-hit kill bosses, or because there I remember the, the first one, one enemy that was a one-hit kill. It like literally grabbed my face and like sucked the soul out of me. Uh, and Carrick, you oh. might not have even been grabbed by it. Oh, I wasn't grabbed by. It. I know, but now yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. So there's one in the entire game. Well, the, fir- the first game, maybe. I think the first game had two, it but there were multiple couple, yeah. times where you encountered the crazy lady who gets burnt by fire. Yeah. So she could kill you like one hit very easily. So I, That's the other yeah, thing is, is you can see what they were doing because these bosses aren't that hard because you see them in later levels. And so it becomes an interesting gameplay element in one way because you go, oh shit, I just fought this boss, and now here he is roaming the level. Do I want right. to fight that? No, probably not. Do and, and I guess that's where they expect you sometimes with your abundance of resources to take it on. But a lot of the times I found myself saying, I got everything in this area. All I'd be doing is fighting this person. And, and, and not every time did the bosses drop the green gel. So for me, it was like, why would I even bother with this? I'm not going yeah. to it. And you and I had huge differences in our, which is what I was trying to explain even in my review, but I was trying to explain later in discord. I was like, you wouldn't believe how different Maddie's experience in one section was than mine, because it's almost like taking a linear game and saying, it's going to be open world, but forgetting you have to make it make sense in open world. Mm -hmm. And so what was happening with like Maddie is Maddie would say, oh man, I had to, I had to, he said something about having to cross back and forth. Uh, go from one place back and back again. He didn't like that. And I'm like, wait, what? I didn't do that at all. And then it dawned on me, I did the quest when I started at the location. So I went Uh. out and back. He went past it and then back and back. And so it felt like, Mm -hmm. it felt like, you know, oh, he doubled over this location, which made sense. But what happens in the open world is because there's things to crunch and smash and break and there's all these different things to get, and then they, they in a way, they fight themselves because they warn you things are dangerous. And then allow, and then you're like, well, then I'm not, I'm not going to face it, which is fine because you can get to the level really fast. So some of the spots felt small as fuck. Some were fine and big, but some chapters would be like chapter blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, OK. And you'd run around. And it's like chapter blah, blah, blah. And you go yeah. somewhere else. And you're like, Wait, what? That was it? Yeah, that hallway and- was chapter four. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is, I liked a lot of parts of the game. That's why I did rate it a wait for sale and not wait for a deep, deep sale. Because there was many elements I really, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't do a good job of making me go, I need to, to do these things. It was almost like too open. And yeah. at least at the starting. And so that caused a lack of a lot of tension that See, I think for me is required. It, it's interesting, this game, because it's one of those games that when I think about 
there's almost this like I guess excitement because there's so many things about it that I I want to like or or I do like and I I can see the potential that if they just did this oh my god how good would that have been you know like the the boss concepts that would have been huge if you know we we talked about that one boss character uh, when we were looking yeah. over the Evil Within two gameplay where it had like the tons of arms and and body parts and imagine if it rolled its head at you. And if you shot it in time, the head would blow up and, and that goo would damage the boss. Imagine that. You know, stuff like that, it doesn't even happen. It's just that constant back and forth dealing damage. And since there's no survival element, it, there's no tension there. Um, so it, it's just one of those things where I want to play it again, but yet I know what I'm getting into. Because uh, like Eric said, you know, in the beginning, you're like, all right, like, this is awesome. And then as time goes on, you just see really what's happening and... Yeah, it was weird. It, it was a weird game in that way that it really just clawed. The things I liked were sort of clawed right out of my grasp, no matter how mm. much I wanted to keep liking it. I was like, don't you do it. Yeah. Don't you? And, and the <laughs> one, there, there's one particular boss experience that I, that I don't know what they were thinking. I, I just I don't know what they were thinking. But when it occurred, I was like, they just did that. And okay. Like I, 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 it's going to be weird to see when people get to these points, because I, I do want to spoil one thing, only because it, it highlights something kind of funny within the game itself. Do I stop listening? It's really not a huge spoiler story wise at all, and I don't. Okay. I won't explain why. You were talking about the boss with the the, the burning lady and stuff. Mm. You know, you, Me? You, no, I was talking about alone. He he brought. Oh, her gotcha. Up. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. You fight her again. She is the only boss in that game with an actual mechanic where you take her down not with your bullets. And it's hilarious because it's from the first game. And the game almost directly insults itself by saying, hey, we got mechanics, we just had to bring an old boss back. (laughs) That's actually, by the way, that's actually what I was talking about, is the repeat. Yeah. The repeat just blew me away. It, uh, I mean, I, ju- I just don't even know what to think about it. They they brought back a boss. Yes. Uh, not, Narratively, I thought it made one. sense. And, and, yeah, we don't want to get too far into spoilers because yeah. I know some of the, the listeners are going to be playing it. But Yeah, we'll stop now. Yeah, but, narratively, yeah. I'll say it does make sense. It's just it mechanically, does it highlights a fucking huge problem with the game. Big time. It's almost Damn. like saying, hey, here's my current girlfriend. Oh, shit, my old girlfriend was really hot. <laughs> you're just like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, that is really what happened is you were just like, it, it does. It introduces stuff and makes you look at what you're doing. And you're like, why is all this missing? Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, there's a lot to like. Like there's a, the marshmallow peep, as I called it, the world's scariest marshmallow peep. There's a character <laughs> yeah. in that thing. When you first Terrifying. see it, you're like, tear. I still don't know what's going on with the, the eyes, but they're, yeah. I can't tell if they're like living creatures. I was just like, what the fuck? That's just, yeah. Mm, um, yeah. So I loved that. I liked very a, a ton of elements in the game. It's the just that over. I thought it was pretty good. The, best, the probably, the, probably some of the best sound in an id tech game. They have issues with their sound uh, propagation, the actual software, and there's been a lot of complaints about that engine. And I have not heard anybody complain about the sound in this game, which blows me away. It was mm. it was really well done. Uh, sh- uh, sniper rifle was hilarious because it didn't have any oomph at all. It was That's sounded true. like somebody got a sample and was like, "Bang!" And you're all, <laughs> "Okay, 
but the, the shotgun. Shot, yeah, the pistol, and the, the shotgun. Handgun, like, dude, the handgun. So when you were like in some rooms and you'd fire that thing and you'd be like, God damn, you know, yeah. it's just like that sharp report. I loved that. I just so, thought of, very, very of, of. I just thought of something. Got to go back to the skills for a second because I just remembered one of the skills. There was a concentrate mode that you could unlock. If oh, you were slow down. Yeah, yeah, if you pressed Y, you'd slow down time, and, and, and it would take from your, your stamina bar. It's not a survival horror game, man. Like, they just... I, I don't... Yeah, or it is, and they just needed to balance it more, and which is, you know, because uh, the slowdown thing bothered me a lot because I just don't quite understand... When you add other, because to get there, you've already purchased some fairly powerful skills, mm-hmm. which that's another thing. Some of the powerful skills are in the same line. Like there's not a good split where you're like, okay, here's a powerful skill. And if I want this good one, I'm going to spend a lot here, which means I can't probably get it here. If you look at the way they are, it seemed to me with all the stats, there was always just one or two skills in a line that I was like, bah, 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 bah. and it, I knew and the auto was one that I was just like, I'm not touching this with a fucking 10 foot pole because it'll just be on all the time because your stamina comes back like that. Yeah. So it's like, you slow can down. upgrade that stamina recovery easily. Slow down, kill the guy. Slow down, kill the guy. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, that's that's not going to work for me. So yeah, I'd, I'd stay away from one. it. And that's sad because I don't think a game should in, in, introduce a skill tree where you intentionally avoid stuff to not make it too easy for you. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I loved? I loved things like upgrading. Um, so you get the different bolts and if you upgrade the bolts, they do more things, which mm-hmm. I actually thought was really impressive. Like you can blow up the smoke grenade ones if you upgrade them to that next level. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like there, there's some very, very cool elements. Or there. An upgrade also, where I think when you shoot the smoke, you can go in and do a stealth kill. Like I thought that was cool because you're still using cool. your resources, but not as much. Yeah. And that's where did I you like ever, survival horror. Did you ever really get to use um when you were when you're running around and doing those things did you ever actually oh no i can't say nothing spoiler forget (laughs) i want to say it well loan any questions no i think that pretty much covers it i mean all i'll say is that after playing the first one and not really liking it not being a fan and after hearing your reviews on it i uh, i guess i'm kind of soured on the game now well, I don't know when here's I'll the get funny thing is that I'm seeing as the comments and as my review goes on longer and I'm seeing newer comments come in is people are missing the first one. And I have yeah. had a bunch of people come to me and say, okay. I tried to like it. How's one? And I'm like, try one. <laughs> That's the yeah. more. Can, can I ask story wise, would it make sense to just play evil within two and skip evil within one? Would it make like, is there going to be any dissonance there, or could you just jump in quite Here's easily the and they explain there, it? There's this odd disconnect from both of them, because in the first one, Sebastian, I don't think he really ever mentions his wife or his kid. You could probably speak more to that. You read? No, you read about it. Okay. DLC, DLC as well. DLC. Yeah, okay. and, I, and I didn't touch the DLC. There you go. So I didn't touch that either. So I can't speak fully on it, but all I can say is like it's kind of, like I said, a disconnect, because in the second one, he's all of a sudden hammered in a bar, missing his kid and wife, and I'm like, at least for the vanilla game where what were you talking about when were you talking about them i'd love to hear more yeah, about yeah. how so, much you so missed in, the, them in, in the first game so all right so i guess that would be a disconnect in the first game you read a lot about how he was working with his wife like this is slight spoilers i guess if you mm-hmm. still want to play the first game but 
they were working as police officers together, then they got married, and then they had a kid, and then the, the kid died in a burning house, and then okay. the wife got all depressed, and she started to suspect that it was actually intentional with what happened with her child. And then when right. she got too close to the investigation, she disappeared, and then Sebastian found out about it, which I thought was the much more interesting story. Like, and I know it's cliche. Right? Yes, that's good. And, and I know it's cliche. Oh, I'm going after my kid and, and stuff like that. And I get that. And, I, and I've made that complaint in the past as well. That's why I'm not too high on Fallout 3 story, for instance, even though it's my favorite game. But I still thought that that was the more interesting story than the whole Rubik thing, because that just bored Cause me. We've, yeah, we've seen the family story so many times. It, it's just a matter yeah. of how they do those family moments, what's you know unique about the family. Like, I think... The, yeah. the idea of, okay, that fire was intentional. Why would someone burn down a house with a kid in it? Like, why? Yeah. You get those answers. In the and do they, do they rehash those storylines? Or are you just like, I'm looking for my child? Yeah, I mean. Oh, they, they touch on it. Yeah, they do. A I mean, here's bit. the yeah, thing. Is that they that's bring good. up the, the Beacon Mental Hospital a lot in the in the mm. second game. And that's, uh, you know, it makes sense because as someone who, who played the first one a lot, I was like, awesome. But, you know, this is a, a point where people might jump in because they're trying to make it open for people to jump in. But yet the story doesn't allow that in many ways because they mm. bring up Beacon so much. So And to be honest, I mean, like, this is the, I, I kind of wish it wasn't a thing. But if, you, if you're going to have a game, that tries to be a, a reboot or just tries to bring in more people. And when you name an evil within two, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, instantly a handbrake. Yeah. Instantly. And, yeah. And, and But the thing is, narratively, it still makes sense that it's called evil within two. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they've changed it from seemingly anyways, because I haven't played it from being what was more of a survival horror to more of an action adventure game. So it's, it's, there's so many dis- disconnects there, you know, yeah, the, the gameplay is evil. It should be, Consider it evil within one. All right, let's get everyone in here. And the story is two. That's yeah. how I'd, I'd view it. And then what they should have done is with two, just taking one's mechanics. It's funny, though. At the end of the game, you unlock uh, the black bars, and they call it the ultimate reward. So funny. Because, like, everyone fucking <laughs> hated that. And I thought it added to the experience. I enjoyed the black bars, but a lot of people didn't like it. Okay, interesting. All right. Enough about the evil within two. Let's talk a little bit about last, but certainly not least. Carrick will enjoy this one. It makes me really happy. <laughs> is a, a humble bundle joining IGN. Look, look at him. He's instantly down. Yep. Head down. Curling into a ball. I, I man, when I read the news that they bought him, I was like, that's not possible. Okay. Carrick, I have to ask you because I'm a little fuzzy on the details. I've never used Humble Bundle. I generally know what it is, but for those of us that don't really know what Humble Bundle is, can you give a quick explanation? Yeah, it's just, it, it is a bundle of developers who've agreed to sell their games in this bundle, and yep. then it go, and then the majority or a, a, a certain amount of that goes to um, uh, what's terms uh, donations, like to yep. to a good. Good foundations. To, good to a charity. Okay. And good charity. W- when people are, like myself, if I wanted to buy a Humble Bundle, is it, a, is it a pay what you want scheme? For some, but what's what happens... So when it started, it was sort of like that. But now lately, or not lately, but it also has things like if you pay this amount, you also get these two games. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. it's like a microtransaction. It's like if you pay this, you get a silver card or a gold card or a platinum card. And each okay, one... Will add more more games, and then if but, but certain, the thing is, it's for donations. Yeah, it is. And then if certain number of people, if a certain amount of money goes into it, then sometimes games are unlocked when a certain amount is spent. Yeah. Um, but what is weird, and and somebody can can certainly flesh that out in the comments because I don't use it a ton. 
But what what surprised me was IGN bought them. And, you know, I mean, as I always tell people, there's only one reason you spend money when you're a business and that's to make money. I, I, I don't like it's, it's almost like when games, uh, stop said they were going to make games and they, they put developing teams together. Can I, that scares the shit out of me. Can I combat you on that? Oh yeah. And, and there's, there was one purchase, like I agree, like generally businesses will buy things to make money, but I don't know if you know that IGN bought game trailers and game trailers at the time was so bad. Like it was no content, barely got any views. They had a great back catalog, but they bought game trailers just to archive all of their stuff. And their YouTube channel now doesn't do well. And I can't imagine that it'd be making a lot of money. And they purchased that just to ensure game trailers was memorialized, I guess. So that was one instance where I saw that even with IGN buying something out to make money, you know, theoretically... They di- I think they did an okay thing there. And so, they don't have ads on those YouTube videos? I don't. I, I think they do. I want to assume that they do. Like they I did would before. assume they thought that game trailers yeah. was going to still have people doing game trailers. But, but my point is, is that it's not like they were buying game trailers, which was like three years ago, or before oh. that date that they purchased it, because it was going downhill and they weren't getting that many views. And, and the, like, the content wasn't there. And they, like, it was a huge situation with them. And IGN was pretty much like, we're going to buy game trailers we're going to put all of their videos up on youtube so you can watch it we're going to archive that stuff and now we're just going to put out game trailers for newer games onto that that platform which is originally what game trailers was about so does that give you more hope with with no. humble bundle no okay no no because i don't i don't believe that what they said is is true i'm so what did I, they say because i haven't looked at it no i'm saying if what you're saying is what they said like this is why we're doing game trailers in no way shape or form do i believe that that's true I believe okay. that they somehow thought they were going to make money from it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, kind of altruism, think that. <laughs> altruism is great, but um, whether they thought they were going to make money from, for example, UFC bought, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of fights from other uh, organizations that went defunct purely yeah. so they could then sell their membership to watch more of those fights on their memberships. So I don't mm-hmm. know, it, 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 like, I just don't trust that a company woke up and said, Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna just buy these videos for no reason, mm. and you know, unless it was a very small amount of money, which is possible. I you assume know, maybe, that it was maybe small, somebody. I'm looking at Game Trailers YouTube channel now. It's not just the YouTube channel; it's the website. But they have an, on average a thousand views a video. Now, mind you, they upload a lot of videos. Yeah, but it's not like a power. It's not a powerhouse that it used to be. But a, again, we're looking money. at what they have, not what IGN thought they might get. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and I agree. I definitely so, agree. Uh, and so, and what, what are your it sounds concerns? like I'm negative IGN, and you know, I I'm not even negative any big company. It's just that I believe that they do it. You know, they look at it and go, "What can we make from this?" With yeah. Humble Bundle, Humble Bundle wasn't looking to be bought, which is also another thing that bothers me. Because if they weren't looking to be bought, then that means that there was a price premium to purchase them. Which means, again, unless IGN suddenly is owned by Ebenezer Scrooge the day after. It, there's a good chance that so they're there. So when did they say that? Money. When did uh, Humble Bundle say that they don't want to be bought, or, or was it just? Implied? Oh no, they've just. It, no, they've just never once said any. They, they're not up for. They weren't up for sale. There was no sale discussions. IGN came to them and not said, like "We want Obsidian, to... who said like, yeah, we wouldn't mind, you know, because they were yeah. some of the concerns. yeah, but that doesn't mean that they weren't looking to be bought. Like, you know what I mean? <sighs> Behind the scenes, I mean, the boss or head of Humble Bundle might have been wanting to to find a way to get out. 
It could have been, but with them saying that we're doing amazing and we have absolutely no problems financially, and then to say, okay, we'll sell, again, you have to look at them identifying it and saying... And read between the lines, yeah. Read between the lines. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying I don't think it is. <laughs> I just yeah. It just makes no sense to me. And I don't also... Back, but ignoring all that and just talking about what happens in the end, like IG, what happens with IGM own, own and humble bundle. Um, one of the things is, is like, do they get the data? You know, will IGN now get all those emails, and will I they will. be able to advertise to those? And is that what they bought? Did they buy? Because we all know that, like, I mean, yeah. Jesus, dude, there's been multi-million-dollar sales of nothing but purchaser emails. Email list. So, I'm not absolutely email you are right. Are worth yeah. a shit ton of money. So it's like, did they do it for that? Like, why? Why did they do it? What are they looking for? What are they looking to do? You and just brought up a great point for great game trailers. Up. Holy fuck, that's that's a really good point. What for game trailers? Oh, why they would have bought game trailers? Yeah, like that. That's another great point. I mean, just having a bunch of emails that they could say, "Hey, all of you guys, we just well, bought game that trailers." Was Thought, you or, know. Also subscribe to IGN or like sign up to us. That's well, that's uh, whenever anybody asks me why does it help or why does why does YouTube demonetize? Doesn't it hurt them? And I'm like, it hurts only the one video they demonetize because you have a recent or you have a suggested, and from what they told me, suggested can no longer be a demonetized video. So hmm. it they that one video they come to me and they go, oh, demonetized. And YouTube's like, yeah, that sucks. But hey, look over here on your right. Mm. And I don't necessarily believe that's not happening with all of these other things where they're like, hey, come here. But you could also go there. And you're just mm. you're buying you're in a way you're buying a little lane from the freeway. You know, you're just like a little section for yourself. And it so, may not be a huge section. What are your concerns then with IGN buying Humble Bundle? Like, what do you think might change or, or like, do you think they'll increase prices or? Or what? No way they could. Uh, at least I assume that I don't think they can get away with something like that. I mean, it's for charity. Yeah. Well, it is, and developers get some. Um, so it's not just for charity. I mean, developers are getting some cash. It's but, uh, uh, it's where people go to buy games out of goodwill. <laughs> I'll say. Or yeah. Or the the big thing is is to get a shit ton of games for super super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know a lot of my friends will just be like, I'm waiting for humble humble bundle. Uh, for me. The real worry is just simply that the entity that is covering games and doing all this stuff is now selling directly. I, it's always bothered me. Anybody who does that has always bothered me. It bothers me with Amazon. So you mean games, GameStop and Game Informer? I don't like. Yeah, I hate that. I think, and and I don't think it's something we should say. Oh well, somebody else does it, so you should. Mm. That's exactly the. Re- if I'm mentioning mm. those words out loud, if I say to you, somebody else does it, so why shouldn't we? It indicates I have thought about it, and I already know that I need a defense ready. Well, there's a fucking reason why you already know that. Like, you can't, you can't just jump into it and pretend that everybody's ignorant. And it just, with IGN in particular, we are already seeing some really odd things going on with IGN about some of their coverages and stuff like that for games. I'm just, I just don't like it. I don't like okay. this big company buying thought. them. Don't they have an, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, don't they have IGN Prime or something like that? They have some type of monthly subscription thing, right? 
They so, do, and the worry was was that it there was going to be some no tied in something. I was going to say like there's usually how it goes with humble bundles. There's tiers like okay, for a dollar you get these three games. For five dollars you can get this game and IGM Prime. There you go, something like that. I'd imagine is what's going to happen. IGM's yeah. getting more outreach. More games are being sold. People aren't going to complain when they're getting a, a largely discounted game. Oh, I'll get IGM Prime too. Fuck it, you know something like that. I don't know how much IGM Prime is, too, so that would be yeah. a big factor into it. Maybe it's just a dollar a month, and you just get a free game and free... Uh, or you pay a dollar, you get a game and IGM Prime for a month, you know. Because I know IGN does a, a game giveaway each month, too, if you're signed up on their site or something like that. So, mm. I don't know how they're going to tie in that. I mean, what what I see here, too, is just, you know, with game trailers, with Humble Bundle, these aren't... I'm not going to under undersell Humble Bundle. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say these are large acquisitions like an Amazon acquiring Twitch type of acquisition. No, no, they're not. Where no. maybe it's the sum of many parts. Maybe it's not, okay, Game Trailers isn't going to get us a lot, but Game Trailers and Humble Bundle can increase our margin. I, You know, maybe. I'm just spitfiring ideas here. No, it, it's to increase their scale, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I used to work at a consultancy firm where just because of the way margins worked, that the way for the for the company itself just to grow was just to to hire to get more contracts in and to get more work and to essentially just double that way. I mean, and and that's exactly what they're doing. They're just trying to. It, it might not be well. They're making this profit, and we're going to make so much more money. But it's just to increase the scale, the scale, and the, and the size of IGN so they can. Like maybe they're operating game trailers as a, as a lost leader, but they have all those distribution networks and and all those emails. Like th- there's some sort of reason, and it might think not of, necessarily uh, be. Think of Monopoly when you buy one of the cheaper properties. You're just kind of buying it to have a, a higher chance of making some money when someone lands on that tile. It could it could be a similar yeah. uh, method of thought here. Like okay, let's just expand. We have more outreach. We will earn more. And, uh, and I don't believe Humble Bundle is not for profit either. I mean. And by not-for-profit, like, uh, what I mean is that, yeah, I understand that developers are getting money from it and, and Humble Bundle are getting enough money to offset, like, you know, employee costs and admin and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm assuming that they also take a bit of a profit. They're not purely not-for-profit. Is that true? Do, do, does anyone know here? Or I know. They, I was reading some it, article. I think it was the one Carrick sent me. And it said something I don't think they, they are because they're not, they're not a charitable organization. Yeah, I think that's the problem too is like what are they versus what people think they are. Yeah. Even even what Maddie was saying is like, oh, people go there to um, you know buy games to do it for a donation where there are some who do that for sure. But there's also some who just go there to save money. It's like it, it is – it started out one way I think. And it's sort of over time fleshed out into a couple other things. And it's not that anybody's right or wrong about any one element of it. It's just, it, it, I think it's, I think it's sort of flowered into a couple right. things now. So the, I, I thought I read this on the Gamma Sutra article that you sent me, Carrick. Uh, this is just a little excerpt here. This is potentially a big deal for game developers since Humble has expanded beyond its bundling business to publish games, pay devs to make games for its subscription-based monthly game club, maintain a subscription-based online game trove, and operate an online game storefront. So there's more to Humble Bundle than just... Oh, and uh, I've just read here in the the FAQ, they are not a uh, not for profit organization. So there you go. So they're, they're just like a... They're a company that has charity in mind. 
like I, I guess one of the equivalents that I would say, I don't know if you got you, you probably don't have a Zambrero in in America, but it's essentially like a Mexican place that they used to run this deal where like every ten percent of every sale went to some sort of charity. Um, so it's I guess it's kind of similar to that. Yeah, interesting. So there's I think there's more based off what I read as well. I think there's more to the company income wise than just the bundles. Yeah. You know, apparently, because they're going to be able to make games. It's kind of I'm similar just reading to the whole GameStop thing. Their comments, I mean, it it just doesn't seem people are happy about it. Yeah, let's I, I see. Don't, I don't think it'd be a cause for celebration. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent on it. I'm just like, all right, let's see how this one plays out. Yes, people saying, uh, bad choice, guys. Rest in peace. You were, you were the chosen run, chosen one. Sorry, it's been a nice ride. So. Mm. We'll have to watch over time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to think. Um, but I will say from experience, when a company says, we're going to buy this company and not change a thing. That's not true. It's nev- nev- it never happens. And, and that, that's just a reality. It's not a criticism. It's like something always changes. Absolutely. Just, so it, just it, buy it, it and say, happens. all right, you're ours now. Have fun. You know, it's like no, you're you're gonna yeah, like, you, yeah, that, you have that a better idea happen. in mind I mean, to benefit you. Re- reporting lines change, decisions change, like targets change, like, everything changes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if they're positive changes though. So I guess it's you know, it, it, see over time what happens. All right, sounds good to me. That'll uh, wrap up all our news bits for this episode. Yeah, you okay, Carrick? You seem a bit down. <laughs> I. I... <laughs> The industry's it's just fucked. Like I, I mean, it's just—it's not necessarily fucked in a super terrible way. It's that there's so many issues that um, there's just not enough bandwidth for everybody to even talk about them. And it's—I do want to apologize because I'm sure a lot of people think that we're talk—we talk about microtransactions every episode, and we do because everything we talk about. Incredible. I mean, e- even if we try to talk about a DLC, we find out it's connected to a microtransaction. It's like it's almost impossible to even talk about it, and then you can't win because, like I said, if all three of us who agree on a lot of this stuff got together, we wouldn't agree perfectly. Yeah. And it's like this, then Humble Bundle. It's the weirdest shit is happening, and you just sit back and are like, what the, f- what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, and then a lot of times I don't like the fact that we have to question this much. The lack of transparency in, in everything and and we need to release a PC blurb about fucking cloaks in Star Wars so people know that some cloaks will be better than others, but you'll be able to get them at a grind rate. At the, and you're like, holy shit, really? I mean, I was going to a forum I go to a lot, and the first 27 fucking threads with over 10,000 pages are all hmm. about microtransactions or confusion in what a game is offering. That scares the shit out of me. And it doesn't scare me like thinking the fucking you know industry is going to crash yeah it's, it's all relative it, i know what you mean it, yeah. it just scares me in like it it goes to show also that um a few companies cd project red i think is good a couple others are pretty good at their transparency but it shows that a lot of companies know that they don't need to be not to be rude they know That's they true. don't need to be and they know they can they can do shit and 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 see what happens and get away with it regardless and and my version of shit, by the way, would be different than somebody else's. You know, somebody else would be like, I mean, I've been called some horrible names because I was okay 
with the lack of real money being being used in Forza Seven for for boxes. There were people who were just mad the boxes were there at all. It had nothing to do. Yeah, there was no real money. It was just that they were there, and I was like, "Wow, we're at that point. No harm to them because that bothers them, even though they were being personal about it, which is weird." But yeah, it's just fucking man. It's it's a weird time right now, guys. It's like. I mean, even every game I'm looking forward to, this is another thing that depresses me. I'm playing a game that has no problems right now with microtransactions, and that's um, South Park. But yeah. every game I'm looking forward to, and I mean this, every single game has that in its fucking future. Like, and I know it's going to be this massive hurdle we're all going to have to leap through. Correct. <laughs> Except, wait a minute, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein probably does Wolfenstein's going to have DLC. But, and uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And Super Mario Here's Odyssey doesn't. Is, I'm not really looking forward to that, but that doesn't. Oh, I'm so excited I've been, for that. I've been trying to tell it, people. It, that's it, good. That you it. know, when you find that game, that's, uh, for me, like, I, I always go back to it, Divinity Original Sin 2. You find that game that, okay, this is, like, a ton of content. You got the fucking amazing story, tons of role-playing, tons of replayability. You got a dungeon master mode, basically, where you can create your own, like, campaigns. You got so much mm. here. Support the fuck out of it talk that's why i bring it up so much because it's like okay we we're at the point now where you gotta really look for that good you know that real quality i guess we could say not that the games that are adding microtransactions aren't of quality because some of them are pretty fun it's just that they're being diminished through it but it's like you got to embrace and celebrate these games that get it right or else you're gonna see them fade out so, but and, and you know the, the problem is, Matty, and this is not a games industry problem, mind you. It's mm-hmm. an internet problem. People love drama and they love negativity, and yes. those stories always rise to the top. Which this is, is why you know, like negative and drama videos typically do pretty well on YouTube. They typically get talked about a lot on, on Reddit and whatever it is. And unfortunately, when whenever you make like videos that just say, "Hey, this is a really great game." Maybe it's they're not far and few between, but they just they don't get seen as much because a, people. Not to cut you off, but I just I instantly thought of an example. Let's say in a in a magical world, Creation Club was good, and we made our impressions video. No one would talk about it. Yeah, we, I, you'd I'd make be like, one wow, video. Creation Club's it. great, and and twenty thousand yeah. views <laughs> done. But because Creation Club is fucking awful, a lot of people are getting traffic driven to their channel as they watch the chaos unfold. It's a lot of truth. people, a lot of YouTubers, and again, not not that it's a bad thing. It's to take advantage of a situation and good on them. But for the past month, I've just been making a Creation Club video every day because it gets so many views. It's and nothing else like, to talk about until they release more stuff. Then you talk about. Well, and the thing is, and again, you can't blame them. I mean, they're like getting tons of views off of that. Yeah, and it's just that they're doing good in that regard. But all it does is just highlight the thing that negativity usually gets viewed more. Mm. This you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, and, and what do you say? I mean, the, the thing that gives me solace, I remember, like, back in the day, right, I did this um, really low-viewed review of Brothers, was it Tal- Two Brothers or, or something like I can't remember the specific name. Oh, the one is that Carrick loves? <laughs> Tal- oh, oh, God, it is. It's Tale Two Brothers. Vin Diesel's group, Starbreeze, made it. So, yeah, so well, Vin Diesel, okay, Tale Two Sons, sorry. It's Brothers... A Tale of Two Sons. Brothers that Tale video of Two Sons. Yeah. Literally has 300 views, and it's back in 2014 when I uploaded that. I, I got a comment on this. Uh, you know, I got to find it because it, it just it gave me a little bit of hope, and, and it made me 
tale of two, and it, and it just really made me smile. So yeah, I uploaded this back in 2014. It has literally 370 views, um, and someone commented it on it today, on like two days ago. I said, Lone, I finally played this game. I'm glad I did. Thank you for this. My wife helped me along the way, thankfully. It was a nice bonding experience for us. Your video stuck in my mind, so when I had the chance to play it, I took it. So thank you very much for making me aware of it. It just made me smile. Mm. This, is a, this is a three-year-old video that has 300 views, Man. and I saw that comment. I'm like, this, awesome. these are the reasons why I still love this industry. And I, I know that we've been negative. Like we, At least we've been talking about negative and drama-filled topics over the past month, but maybe we at least try and include one feel-good story every week because yeah. things like that, it just, yeah. That's awesome. It reminds me why I love this industry. Mm-hmm. For sure. Still. Still. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there's nothing that has made me fall out of love with gaming. You know, I just, I just look and play different games. That's what I do. But it's just it sucks because a lot of the games that are hit with microtransactions hard are, are usually the ones that, like, you look at, you go, I'm yeah. really into this idea, man, but, you know, these paywalls here are not helping you out. I still have people comment on my first videos ever, which were State of Decay. Um, or not, oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, one of my first videos ever, State of Decay. And they'll say stuff like that, like, uh, you know, didn't didn't hear anything about this game, heard you mention it podcast. Those are, uh, I would say, I would agree that those are the, I mean, I sort of always hope that every video I do that's sort of what's created is like at least one person who's like, Hey man, this is awesome. Instead of, I mean, cause I can rant about stuff and I've got a, some of those, but it's like, it's a certain point. It is. I think talking about microtransactions isn't necessarily a rant. I, it's a state of the industry we're in right now. Um, mm-hmm. and it just happens to unfortunately be one that it, it, there isn't a lot of, def- there isn't a lot, of, there isn't a really a corner for you to go rest in right now. Like no, there isn't. Yeah, I, right. I hear us talk about it. I even told Maddie we had a rule this morning. I was like, okay, the rule is no talking about microtransactions. It was fucking seven seconds in before, <laughs> it, 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 like, it, and it infected our conversation. We didn't say the word. There were little jokes starting to be dropped. Like, you know, well, are we going to have to pay extra for that? And pretty soon, I was like, mm, wait, yeah. we're making transaction, or we're making microtransaction jokes without saying the word because it was so infected and. Um, and that is sad. So it's, no, I think it's good to talk about the good story. I mean, there's, there's, there's fucking so many reasons to love, uh, the industry right now. It's just at the, like I said before, it's so confusing and there's so much shit going on that you're just like, damn son. You know, if I was somebody coming in, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Like if I was somebody brand new, it was like, I just got my PS4. I have no (laughs) clue. Cause I'd be all, I'm going to get evil within too. Well, guess what? No pro support. And be like, Wait, what? Yeah, that brand new system you have doesn't look any better than your normal PS4. How the fuck does that happen? Yeah. So it, there, there's that confusion that starts the moment somebody jumps into this industry. And I, again, that's what I was saying. I don't like confusion. I don't like the PR bullshit. Uh, it, this, that stuff needs to stop. Somebody needs to basically put their foot down and be like, fucking, we have to start telling people what's actually what's going to occur. Yeah, I don't even know. Honest. What's, yeah, but I don't even know what's in some of the games that are coming up. Because there's so many like 85 versions. Dude, there's Did so you much buy the bullshit. GameStop Ultimate Unbelievable un- Unlimited Edition? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even, even bother looking is. anymore. I just I, a lot of the times I'll just watch those initial couple of videos. Once we're a week out, I'll check out a couple more. But other than that, like it's it's mostly just going in blind and dissecting it for myself because so many lies are told, so many expectations are built when you follow it step by step. It's like I'm just not. I'm just gonna play the game and see how it goes. 
Hey, South Park. Yeah. South Park, Maddie and I are playing it. There's some good news for you. Yeah. South Park is still Obsidian, right? Nope. No, 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 no. This one's by uh, Ubisoft. Yeah, well, I was going to say, because I've read this article today, which was like, South Park used to have branching uh, factions. I'm like, mm-hmm. this sounds like Obsidian's doing. But mm-hmm. now now I understand. It's not. So why, did it, why didn't it not stay with Obsidian? I know we're going off topic here, but... Well, no, Obsidian ended up not getting the deal. Um, Matt and Trey went with Ubisoft, and Ubisoft uh, actually adjusted their entire engine so that so Matt and Trey are known to be really terrible workers. Like they'll work at three okay. in the morning, and a lot of people love them, but they hate working with them because they're they they carry it in their brain and they just show up and they're like so fucking supposedly Trey I think got gallbladder surgery talked his doctor into letting him leave the same day from the fucking hospital, which I'm going to tell you right now, shouldn't be okay, so he could record 10,000 fucking lines of dialogue in a week. No lie, that's the story. IGN just did a very good story on this, by the way. Kudos to IGN. uh, Ryan, it's always Ryan. Ryan McCaffrey. um, Yeah, he, he covered this. What happened is Ubisoft said, we know how you guys work, and Obsidian was very clear they did not enjoy working this way. And Ubisoft said, not only are we okay with that, but we're going to, in our graphics engine and our game engine, we're going to allow for basically you to throw data in at any time in the game. So even though there's a polish moment, the last two weeks or whatever, if you have new dialogue, whatever, we're going to be able to do these cool insertions. And Matt and Trey were like, awesome. And supposedly, like, everybody's really happy with it, especially that module that modular ability for somebody to say, we have a change that's really late. And this, the way they built their engine. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can't wait to see if somebody else says, we want that engine too, because that is what, you know, you get the feature snip where it's like no more features or no more changes. And I guess it's still like that somewhat, but it's just the flexibility is there where Obsidian, you know, a lot of people at Obsidian were like, man, it's really hard working with these guys. I mean, even... Farquaad or whatever covered it in his yeah. interview. So, yeah, I, I can't wait, man. I, yeah. I can't wait to do the review. Yeah, Stoke. we'll be okay. talking about that next week. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled in episode one twenty nine eight. I don't know. Fuck one twenty nine. Yeah, next week. What's, All right. What's the Twitter code? Oh boy, Twitter code. you can tell me. I was ready to the, close it out. What's that Twitter code? Can, 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 can we just say hashtag be happy? I mean, I feel like we need Fucking to end a. this. On I'm good with that. Go for it. Go be for that. Cheesy ash, cheesy ass hashtag. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's be cheesy. All right. So if you guys got to this point in the podcast, tweet any of the handles you see on screen, except for the joke be one I put happy. in every week with the hashtag <laughs> be happy. This time it's at fallen from grace and it's a picture of Bioware. Yeah, last time we had a picture of, of biscuits. Biscuits. <laughs> biscuits. Give me a break. All right. Cookies. <laughs> That'll do it for us, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Out? No, you put you taking it away from the the food place. <laughs> you know what? This is why they haven't become a world leader, and they don't fucking have <laughs> nukes. That's why they can't because they can't distinguish don't... take away and take in and take out and cookies. Oh, man. Like, so it was a funny tweet thing that I that I did recently where I just tweeted out all the differences. So, like, for instance, you guys call it cantaloupe. We call it um, rock melon. Uh, what else? <laughs> what? Yeah. Rock you got you, you guys really? call it can. I like. Was it? Um, God damn it! 
candy, cotton candy. We call sure. it fairy floss. You Ooh, guys call it. Okay. You, you guys call them bell peppers. We call them capsicum. You guys call it cilantro. We call it coriander. That and then there's the whole jello and jam and and there's just differences in that regard. You guys call them um, biscuits. Like another form of biscuit. Like you call them biscuits. We call them scones or scones. That um, one. Okay. That one can make some sense. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of differences here. What the fuck? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's always interesting to me. Super interesting to it's see. It's super interesting, man. Or when yeah. you find out another language doesn't have, like, a word at all. Because my wife's Chinese, and so we'll be talking, and she'll be like, you know. And she'll just, like, mention an English word because there's no equivalent.